Welcome back to the Silent Plus podcast. Finally. Yeah, man. It has been two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. It's crazy uh, time. It, it's been a crazy two weeks. But you were going to say here. who you are. Yeah, I was until you so rudely interrupted. <laughs> My name is Josh Watford. And, and across the table from me is... John Nicholson here. Yeah, Man with a face for radio. Amen. Can you believe it? That's I right. love it. Y'all right, are so, so blessed that you just get to hear my voice. That's, <laughs> That's right. But we are very glad to be back. Uh, we had plans for this podcast uh, two Tuesdays ago. Uh, we were going to have uh, our director, our new director of missions for the West Central Baptist Association on with us, Lee Tate. He joined us one Sunday night here yep. recently, and I uh, was glad for some of you to get to meet him. Fantastic man of God who is, uh, I believe, going to take us uh, a little further in our missions endeavors Agreed. here in the area. And so that kind of, you'll find out soon why we wanted to have him on, but uh, he, he's just doing a great job, and we just didn't have the chance last Tuesday for <laughs> a, a pretty uh, serious reason to, yeah, and, to and, and not to that, record you know, the podcast. Just to you know, address that, obviously, most of you know, you know, John Inescu had a terrible accident on Tuesday, right at lunch. Uh, we yeah. were getting ready to go to lunch and uh, fell and uh, sustained a what the surgeon called a serious brain injury uh, with not good prognosis. Now, almost two two weeks ago, but um, we praise the Lord that as of today, uh, this is we're recording this on Friday. Um, um, that as of today, they're moving him to some inpatient rehab, and he's moving all extremities, responding to questions, recognizes people, understands who we are, and knows what's going on. And, of course, you know, we've still got some unanswered questions there, but, boy, I uh, just want to talk about a walking, talking, breathing miracle. There it is right there. Uh, Daniela said we asked for a miracle, and we're getting it. Amen. You know, and, Amen. And so that's, uh, I believe, it's the power of prayer. You know, I was I was talking to somebody that you know it may have been this procedure the doctors did or this that's uh, that has attributed just or contributed to so much of his quick recovery, and then I just stopped myself. I was like, no, it's it's been our prayers and it's been no God doubt. Himself, no so. doubt. And I tell you, you know, from the outset of this entire thing, and some of us have talked about this about the the small graces that were already in place from Dr. Luther being able I mean, he was in his car getting ready to go to lunch when you called him. Uh, the ambulance arriving within two to three minutes in Marion, that doesn't happen. Uh, trauma team ready to meet John as soon as he got to uh, the hospital there in Tuscaloosa. There were just so many little small things immediately right there yep. that lined up that, you know, ordinarily, given our context where we live and those kinds of things, it just didn't happen. Yep. So we were just incredibly blessed. He was blessed, and, and we just thank God for how all that's uh, coming together. And just let me say uh, an additional word of thanks to you as the church and uh, for your generosity. I, I don't know what our current numbers are, but um, several thousand dollars have already been contributed. Um, you know, we've been able to share some of that already with Daniela to help with just some of the day-to-day -day expenses of traveling back and forth and lunches and whatever. But we also know there'll be some longer-term expenses. So thank you, church family, and uh, keep praying. Uh, keep praying for John, but it's been a beautiful moment for us as a church, I think. Okay. I think I came up with a segue between that and our awesome. topic. Awesome. I like okay. it. Way to go, brilliant interviewer. <laughs> with uh, Danielle and John are members of our church. And by all accounts, their accounts and just by the other people that I've been talking to, uh, we're doing a decent job of taking care of them while they're going through this. Right. That would be what we call ministry to 
our members. Right. We are taking care of our own. We're, we're loving uh, one another as the Bible has called us to. Uh, but in some of the questions that we've received, uh, and John, you got those pulled up. I got them ready. There's been questions about not necessarily loving one another within the church context, but loving one another outside the church context. And so what, what are some of those questions specifically, and, and how can we address those? Yeah, the two questions that we have that are around this, one was, I feel Siloam needs to be more involved in the community, but I'm unsure how. Any ideas? Are there things in the making? And then kind of a, oh, not well, it's not kind of related, it is related, but someone said, I read in an article that Mrs. Francis Ford, the director of Sowing Seeds of Hope, mentioned that with the closing of Judson, volunteers to help with community service opportunities are limited. Would the church be interested in forming an official community service committee and partnering with other local organizations for outreach? So um, those are the questions that uh, address this. And um, you know, the answer, the short answer to both of those is yes, we need to be involved. Mm -hmm. And yes, uh, I think we can do so intentionally. And we are, in, are doing intentionally, but we want to continue uh, that that we want to push that ball forward. We're not yeah. satisfied with where we are, and so that's an important thing. And I think there's an important distinction that we need to make. Again, you alluded to it that as we've been ministering, particularly to John and Daniela, that's that's ministry. Anything that we're doing for people within the life and context of our church is a ministry opportunity. Yep. When we reach beyond the walls of our church, we're entering the mission field. Mm -hmm. And that's where these questions, I think, are these questions are, are being addressed is how, how can we be on mission, more on mission right here in our community? And what are some of those ways that we can be engaged? Now, I think we tend to think of programmatic things. You know, um, you know, we've got this date on the calendar. Everybody shows up and we do this. And mm -hmm. you know, there it is. And, and those are part of that equation. But I would say this, that every time uh, you as a member of Siloam Baptist Church walk into a business in our community, every time you as a member of our uh, of Siloam Baptist Church engage in, you know, if you go out and pick up trash on your road or uh, you show up at a kid's ball game or, you know, whatever, yeah. um, you know, uh, you are serving our community you are you should be we should always have the mindset that we're on mission in our community and looking for those every conversation that you have with someone on the streets here in marion those are engaged opportunities opportunities for engagement i should say with our community with a gospel intent in mind now that doesn't mean that every time we're going out here and we're just hammering people with scripture everywhere we go but we are intentionally developing relationships. We're intentionally nurturing uh, those relationships so that those conversations can, in fact, happen. Yeah. I, I would say just what you're saying, there are two dimensions yeah. to this. There's the personal and then there's the corporate. Right. Like we want you and I as pastors, our job is to equip saints for the work of ministry. Right. That's Ephesians 4. Right. Uh, that's that's our job description. We weren't hired to be the only ones that did ministry or missions, however you want to put that, in the church. It's our job to equip 
others in order to do so. Right. Part of that looks like us equipping everybody else to be able to go to their workplaces, to go to their own homes, to go to the grocery store, ball games, all the other places that you mentioned, and be able to do missions in, in that sense. Right. On a day-to-day, week-by-week, month-by-month basis. Right. But then it's also our job to facilitate what you called, you know, calendar events type right. things. And and we're going to talk about some of those too. But uh, we, we just, at the outset, we wanted to emphasize that if you're not sharing your faith, John and I won't have to answer to God for that. You're going to have to answer to God for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and so, so there are ways that you individually can and should be looking to be involved in the community and also uh, just reaching out on an individual basis. Right. And the good news is a lot of those things are happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a joy to hear those kinds of stories coming back and to have people that are, are sharing you know, asking me to pray for somebody that they're talking to or yep. you know, opportunities that they've got, whether it's on a board meeting or something else that's going on, you know, that they just want to be the presence of Christ in that moment. And that's that's a beautiful thing. And then on the ministry side within the church, you know, I, I think about these ladies who are regularly gathering online to pray together mm-hmm. uh, in the evenings. What a beautiful picture that's happening. And again, those aren't things that we're putting on the calendar. Those aren't things that are, we're right. trumpeting. Those are just signs of health within the church. Uh, that people are beginning to understand this this is what we should be doing. So that turns the page then. So how do we do some of these things together? Maybe together. reach back to our spiritual disciplines uh, conversation right. about doing things together because this is the point that we're the body. Uh, one of the most visible and visual things have, have been our, our food distributions that we have been able to partner with. And again, this is that second question, or you know, how do we partner with other community organizations? Uh, and you know, full disclosure, Cahaba Medical reached out to us through mm-hmm. their social work program uh, about this. They they had the connections that we didn't have necessarily at that point um, to provide the the food drop. They just needed a place to do it and some bodies to help move the food. Right. We kind of test piloted that, and then um, right after the first of the year, uh, Charles, uh, the gentleman that kind of spearheads these. Um, opportunities uh, let us I mean we've got a calendar of those for through June I think if I remember right mm-hmm. so you know that'll be a monthly uh, opportunity uh, for us to engage and that's that is that's not us reinventing the wheel that's just us helping and, and being on part uh, on uh, in, in a partnership stance with this organization that's here and I'm still just flabbergasted that Charles did that by himself in Centerville one time. I just cannot imagine. So it took him all day. I just cannot imagine. Yeah, where it's, it took him all day, ours has gone an hour and a half at the most mm-hmm. here. So it's been a beautiful thing. And we're, you know, another distinction I want to be making and something I want us to be crystal clear about is I don't want us just to do good for doing good's sake. That's right. Yeah. Uh, We're trying, we we need to do good, no doubt, okay? Uh, But I want us to be always laser-focused on how do we lower barriers to the gospel and how do we clearly communicate the gospel. And just to give you an example, we ordered some... Uh, some booklets that we're going to be putting in, not booklets, actually books. Uh, it's a copy of The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. If you've not read it, I would commend it to you. But it's a it's a beautiful gospel witness as we approach Easter 
and uh, either next month or there the first uh, part of April when we do these food distributions we'll have a couple of hundred copies that we'll put in one in each bag one each right. uh, vehicle that will get one of those and, and that's just another way to be intentional about doing gospel ministry through these vehicles that we have yeah so on that note that made me think that we've also ordered uh, some uh, big story Bible booklets it's not the full uh, story Bible but it's the resurrection story and we'll be putting together goodie bags for uh, it just depends on how many of those we can get right now we got 150 which is not enough but uh, we'll be looking at the numbers that we can cover and we'll be trying to uh, hand those out uh, at Marion Academy, Breakthrough, and Francis Marion. Not sure which grades we'll be able to hit, but we'll uh, do what we can with the numbers that we have. So that's something else that we'll be uh, tapping people for, uh, maybe donating some candy for, sure. or just some hands to put the goodie bags together. Um, and so that's something that's coming up that we don't have a date, but there was uh, a question about things to be looking out for and that's that's something that's coming up pretty quickly pretty quickly uh that you can be looking out for right and so you know things like that that do come down the pipe and, and again you know we want to do good things but we want to do good things for the purpose of planting gospel seeds yeah because there was a big move back in the 1920s or so about social gospel and it was that idea if if we just be good people and we do good things then the world's going to be a better place the world's a broken place. Mm-hmm. Sin has marred everything. And so the only solution is not more good things being done for folks and tipping the scale that way. The solution is the heart change that comes from the relationship with Christ. The good things can become the vehicle, can become the the bridge, if you will, yeah. to allow the gospel to begin to penetrate. Uh, because sometimes people are hardened or hurt or they just don't want to hear or it's just not the right moment. And we just need to take advantage of all of these gospel moments and these social ministry type things are, are part of it. So one of the questions was, are there other things uh, in the making? Uh, we have contact with a gentleman out of Birmingham who has a you know, Lord's just laid Perry County on his heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a weather radio distribution down in Uniontown uh, a couple of months ago. And he wants to do another one of those at some point. We'll be talking with him. And uh, you know, we may try to marry that with the food distribution since we're going to be here anyway. And yeah. you know, so we'll, we're talking about that. Paul Thurber, who I didn't realize, and this goes again to good community service, but he's, he's the chairman of the West Alabama chapter of the Red Cross. And one of the things they do are smoke detector distributions. And so we've been in some conversation. We still haven't put a date on that, but that's another thing that we'll do. And we'll, that'll be a date on the calendar, and we'll say, hey, come, we need your help. And we'll just hit the neighborhoods and distribute smoke detectors, but we're also going to um, put some, uh, you know, some gospel uh, material in your hands that goes with that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to do that without any uh, blush. And who knows? You know, somebody on those days may have an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. You know, why yep. are you here? Well, the reason I'm here is not only because Red Cross offers you a free smoke detector, but I want to let you know about uh, about Jesus and how you can uh, have uh, an eternal life uh, with him and you know invite you into the community life. So, you know, those kinds of things. There's conversation just to kind of go ahead and be talking about some of the other things. Um, uh, speaking with uh, Andy and Shannon Zumwalt about some of the community things that they're wanting to do, particularly around the area of of gardening, homesteading, canning, those kinds of things, self-sufficiency, yeah. uh, which, as I've shared a couple of times, it looks like the grocery stores need to go to the grocery store now, you know, because uh, sometimes the shelves aren't quite as full as we're accustomed to seeing them. Right. 
and you know not at panic stage yet but it might be nice to have something in the freezer or something on the shelf um, you know in case and uh, you don't do that if you hadn't planned for it and so Andy and Shannon are kind of helping to move that ball forward and there are other people in our even in our church that are very interested and certainly people in our community that are interested in that and again that's a community service something that is meeting a need yep. but it also opens a door for here's the gospel conversation that goes along with that and uh so we want to we want to be real intentional about that one other thing that comes to mind i've spoken with david sanders uh since he's been a little bit on the convalescing side post-surgery um can't do a lot of the heavy lifting that he's accustomed to doing but uh, he's on the mend. we're grateful for that but uh putting a little free library in front of our church um that is focused on some gospel materials on books that we can recommend for adults and children yeah. and um you know, and this wouldn't be uh, leave one take one right this, this is just take one just take one take one yeah be blessed and you know so it, there are things like that that we are working towards and working on and who knows what may be coming down the pipe beyond that yeah one of the things that me and the youth have done is we've set a sign out by the road uh, in front of the church saying free prayer stop here and uh, we've only done that once before it got really cold. <laughs> and I know there's been a couple of warm days here, but we just hadn't had the chance to Look, get together. Look, you're just a wimp, that. man. If they can get together in minus 12 uh, degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I, I, but I'm thinking about the other people. Yeah, there you go. That's right. That's yeah, right. I can handle it, John. Don't, don't worry about me. I'm, I'm just being kind to the other people. But no, I'm pretty sure I would have been at the door <laughs> blessing you from afar. Yeah. Glad you're out there. Not me today, buddy. Yeah. But oh, I, I'll my. tell you this. Uh, we had... Actually, we had a couple of church members stop by, got mm-hmm. to pray with them. That's awesome. But then we had a couple of non-church members stop by that, that I knew but are not church members and uh, aren't members of any church in the community. But they were able to stop by, and we got to pray with them. And it was just – and I, I thought that they had seen – like I posted it out there for people to, to, to stop by, and I thought that – they came by intentionally, but they, they didn't. They just drove past and was like, yeah, I really want these guys to pray for me. And awesome? So I was just like, yeah, that's cool. That- I, I thought they were coming in, you know, intentionally for that, but that was just a spur-of-the-moment thing that uh, they really felt like uh, they, they would love some prayer at the moment. And yeah. they had some heavy things that they were dealing with. So that was just one small way to, to be able to do that because, yes, we want to meet tangible needs, but we want to meet the spiritual needs Absolutely. of the community as well. And prayer doesn't cost you or I or anybody else a thing. That's right. It doesn't cost a thing. Just a little bit of time and maybe a little bit of awkwardness <laughs> for, for, for some people who aren't comfortable praying. But uh, that's that's one thing that we can do when we're having those conversations with people in the community. Absolutely. Just saying, you know, as you're ending the conversation, especially if someone's talking about issues that they have in their life, just stuff that's going on in their family or, or, or whatnot, you can say, hey, would you mind me praying for you before we leave? Simple question. And I would say probably nine out of ten times they'll say yes. Yeah. Even if they're not a Christian, they'll they'll say yes, just out of courtesy. Um, but hopefully in that moment, even when they're not a Christian, just doing it out of courtesy, God can work in their life through that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful opportunities are around us all the time. But so often we just get our head down in our own ditch and we, you know, we don't take a look around to see those kinds of things. And that's one of the things that those calendar moments help us to do yeah. when we are 
handing out a food basket or we're helping distribute whatever or you know we're doing whatever because it does it gets us kind of out of our routine to serve others intentionally and by doing that it may say to us maybe i can look for these opportunities in my day-to-day and and so this is a growth uh area for us as a church and i'm so grateful that we we are arriving at this place because this is another sign of complete church health where we are actively engaging and purposefully engaging um, our community with with Christ at the heart of what we're doing. And what, one other thing that I'll say is just about building those relationships. You know, going to uh, different uh, city council meetings, just being involved in the community when Main Street Marion has a work day, when the bank has a work day, when the cemetery committee has right. a work day to go work out at the cemetery, when uh, University of Alabama is going to be coming down for their honors college here in a, uh, in a couple months, and they'll be out in the community. We can get plugged in with them and knowing what the needs are in the community. When Sowing Seeds of Hope has something going on, just being there, there are a whole lot of ways, because there's a whole lot of different groups within Marion that are doing things like this. And so, yes, our church will have these calendar days, but be on the lookout for other calendar days as well for other organizations right. that are doing things too. I, and you know what? I wouldn't be mad if somebody went and did something with the Methodist church either. Not at all. <laughs> That's exactly right. Amen. <laughs> but you know, and on, on, on that note, a lot of these organizations look for Siloam to be there. Yeah. And, and that is a good thing that we have developed that reputation of being engaged with our community. Mm-hmm. And they know that we are a reliable partner if there is a need. And, you know, they have reached out. You know, we built decks for PR, not decks, but ramps for folks that were in need along the way. And there have been other things that, that they, other organizations have reached out to us when they had a specific need. And that's a, that's a blessing, again, that says, you know, they recognize that we're good partners and that we, we want to continue to increase that. Again, we don't want to rest on laurels, but we, we need to re- realize where we are already, that we are engaged probably more than we realize, more than we publicize for sure. Yeah. Um, and and that's, a, that's a good positive thing because there are other things. I think of our disaster relief team. Man, they have blessed our community, particularly a year ago when we had the two or three mm-hmm. big storms that came mm-hmm. through. And those guys were just on it. And it was a joy to be out there with them helping – our neighbors right here and then i think also of marion academy and the blessing that it is and that we as a church are able to partner with them that's a day-to-day basis it is day-to-day and we have members of our community that otherwise would not come through the doors of our church and the presence of marion academy has lowered that barrier for them to feel like they can we've had some people that have visited our worship service and we plan to see them again mm-hmm. and so all of those kinds of things you begin to add it up and wow there's there's something there which leads to the other question that I did want to ask. And uh, I don't know where we are on, on the time frame here, but uh, I wanted us to begin thinking um, if finances were not an object, if money was not an object, if staffing, you know, and, and part of that comes from the financing, because you know, mm-hmm. you're going to have staffing, you got to have some money behind that. And, and we're blessed with facilities, so I think we could probably find the space. But if financing and staffing were not an issue, what would we want to be involved in? What yeah. kinds of ministry to our community would we want to be engaged with? I've asked that question of a few people, and um, it's been interesting. One of the initial 
responses that has come back very quickly is something for unwed mothers or um, people in that situation. Um, and particularly with, and I think that one has taken on some additional urgency for us with the potential Definitely. of Roe v. Wade being sent back to the states mm-hmm. uh, with the Supreme Court. Um, if that happens, we, we've got a responsibility. We already have that responsibility already, but it will be even more pressing at that point for us to provide some. So what does that look like? I, I don't know. I don't know what those kinds of things look like. Yep. Um, there has also been some conversation about um, helping to deal with people who are um, dealing with sexual abuse and substance abuse as well, both of those sides, uh, providing opportunities to minister to people in those situations Um, those are some interesting and i think vital both of those uh all three of those actually um are vital but what what would we do if the financing and staffing were not an issue john knows this that i have kind of a a vision prayer list he does things that i just are crazy way out there type things that will never happen apart from god's intervention and that's where I just kind of put all these types of things down. And, and those are some of the things I'm praying toward. Those are some of the things I'm saying, God, this community needs it. Who's going to do it? Yeah. And if not us, why not us? Right. You know, why, why couldn't we be uh, the, the vehicle to be able to bless and to even see people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior through particular ministries like that? I'll say this. We have been commanded to do stuff like that. Yeah. I believe that's part of Jesus' command to uh, uh, just look at Matthew 25. That that will be your homework. Go home and <laughs> read Matthew 25. And I believe that the things that we're talking about here fall under Jesus' parable there. I agree. Uh, and so we need to be doing it, not just because it's the good thing to do, not just because it's a, a, a trendy thing to do in uh, church life, but because it's a command from Jesus Christ. Right, right. That's and that, what I got. And it puts the gospel for us in a tangible – this isn't just a conceptual idea. This is me actually putting this thing into practice and in my neighbor's life. Yeah. What if they never come to Christ? I've been faithful to do what God's commanded me to do. Yeah. That's that's my job. It's God's job to draw them and to ultimately to save them. But as Paul says, how are they going to hear if nobody tells them? That's right. To paraphrase that. But, I mean, that's that's our job. So whatever it takes for us to tell them, that's what we need to be doing. And in the midst of that, we hope to be building a healthier, vital, more vital, more resilient community as a result of the very presence of Christ among his people. And I think historically you look back— and where the church has been faithful to that task, the result in the culture has been evident. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. Before I get off into well, some, some weeds, I don't want to get off into. <laughs> well, I'm looking at our extensive notes that we took before this oh, uh, yeah. conversation. Okay. Good, and both of them, huh? And we've talked <laughs> <laughs> the, the two sentences that we have, uh, and we've talked about everything we said we were going to talk about. So, any last thoughts that you have before we sign off? Dream the dream. That, that's that's what I would encourage, and, and really I would challenge you to do. And we're going to be doing some of this over the next few months as we are continuing our celebration of 200 years because, as we want to say, we're looking back not just for the sake of looking back, but that looking back gives us confidence to look forward because if God's been faithful, and he has, mm-hmm. he's promised he's going to continue to be faithful if we'll just do what he's calling us to do. Yep. So let's dream the dream. 
And, it's, uh, and we need to be clear, this isn't us dream up something for God and ask God to come bless it. What we want to do is we want to get our hearts tuned up with God so that we can have a clear sense of where he's leading us out into our community. And if that's where he's leading, then let's fearlessly go. Let's go. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Asylum Plus podcast. Uh, Make sure you share and like and comment and critique and give us five stars because we like those five stars. (laughs) No, it doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah, we're going to be here anyway, so, you know, whatever. You you can be honest. Give us one star and we'll we'll accept it with grace. Uh, But we're so thankful for you tuning in. Thank you for your patience with us uh, taking hiatuses to to deal with other matters. But we have been getting to this as soon as we possibly can. And uh, it's just been fun for me and I, I know it has been for John as well. It's it's good to have these conversations and we and we're grateful for you engaging with them. It is just another way for us to continue some important conversations that we're having in the life of our church. We appreciate you. All right. We'll see you next time. Later.